Welcome, welcome. I'm your host Stefano and this is When Leaders Talk, a podcast about leadership and most importantly about leaders. One of the things I love about this podcast is how it can reach guests from all around the world. And the guest for today, for example, is Rogelio Montecchio. He's a Mexican-born, uh, but now lives in Sydney, Australia, so pretty much on the other side of the globe. And actually, one of the things we did talk a lot in this episode is diversity and inclusion and talking to people coming from different countries. And that's because Rogelio, who has 20 years of experience in leadership, having worked in sales, partnership, and business development, knows what are the three main challenges for leaders. And one, the first one actually is communication. The second one is how to deal with business priorities. And the third one is how to deal with high speed changes that are happening now and all the transition, all the disruptive technologies and even other events like COVID that do impact our life in all the dimensions of it. Rogelio talks about his failures as a leader and he's very open and honest about it. But one of the things that I think that you should really pay attention to is the way he was able to create a great team able to achieve great results. And this is how, this is, uh, this is uh, through designing the alliance within the team, kind of writing down an agreement. And this agreement, Rogelio and his team, they found a way to communicate. They found a way to always state the purpose of a meeting or anything else. And they found a way to make sure that all the voices in a team are heard and everyone has the time to talk. You can do this when you are capable of creating a psychological safe environment where everyone can talk and all the others are listening for real and not judging and they welcome whatever is said. It's not easy. It's not an easy task. And actually, one of the things we discuss with Rogelio is really how sometimes we talk about leadership and everything seems natural and easy. Oh, yeah, it will take a day or two. But it's not true. It's not true. To develop skills and to increase the effectiveness of a team, you need time. You need to spend time on it. But the reward is so great that you will do it again and again and again. And you will understand that those resources, because time and any effort is a resource that you are spending on it, will be uh, rewarded highly. There is much, much more to uncover in this conversation with Rogelio. And before I leave you, I leave you to the episode, let me remind you about, first of all, my website, masteruc.com, where you can learn more about my coaching as a leader, uh, as a leadership coaching and the personal leadership coaching. And you can also follow me, follow me on social media, um, especially LinkedIn, but also on Facebook, Instagram, on uh, Twitter and TikTok. All right, with no further ado, Rogelio Montecchio. Welcome, welcome Rogelio. I'm very happy to have you here on When Leaders Talk. Thank you very much, Stefano. I'm very happy to be your guest today. Happy to join you. So Rogelio, um, your presence here is important. I really will uh, like to explore with you on leadership. And you know, in our previous conversation, we talked a little bit and hope we'll go deeper in what's your view on leadership. And to start, of course, the first question is always, 
What is your definition of leadership, if you have any definition of leadership? Uh, yeah, I think my definition of leadership uh, is one that you probably have heard about. It relates to um, the servant style of leadership, where leaders look at their their role as being the ones who enable the rest of the team, as being the ones who uh, show the way, but leading by example. And also uh, the ones who, if you were to put um, this in a chart, it's probably not, uh, they wouldn't put themselves on top of everybody else. They'd probably put themselves below everybody else uh, as a foundation for the, the team success. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's probably my, my most simple definition of leadership and the one that I've tried to apply during uh, yeah, my uh, leadership opportunities. Right, lead by example, leading by example, it's easy to say, you know, it's, not, it's, it's a matter of being, you know, showing integrity and aligning your, always, always aligning your actions with your values and principles and whatever you try to, in a way, enforce within your team, well, you have to do it for yourself. So it, it, it takes, it takes a lot. And I like what you said about, well, leading not from the front, but from behind or in any other position. I mean, and I do understand that sometimes you need to move, right? It's not like always from behind. Um, so what is the most challenging part for leadership, you know, in leadership that you have experienced in your life, in your career? Uh, well, that's a really good question. Uh, I, I don't know if it's the most difficult part of leadership, but I think, uh, I would bring three three challenges that leaders face. Uh, the first one would be about communication. Um, that this is something that I uh, had a, a lot of opportunity to to learn and become aware uh, of how important it was and how much I needed to improve in terms of communication. When I moved from um, Mexico to Australia and I started working with a team. Um, my team was very diverse in terms of cultural backgrounds. There were people from very different nationalities and from many nationalities who, who were born and raised in different countries and had different native languages. And I realized that, that even when we were all trying to communicate and understand each other and agree on something, just those, those language barriers, those communication styles differences, the even even what we understood by one word or the other sometimes came across um, to effective communication. So uh, so communication would, would be one uh, one challenge that effective leaders need to to to, to uh, overcome. The second would be uh, just the high speed of evolution and the fact that we were um, discussing just before we started recording a second ago how the world dramatically changed during COVID and how everybody needed to learn new things and be challenged with new working styles and working from home and having to go all into different types of engagement. And that's just one example of how of, of what leaders frequently face, which is the unknown, right? Where you're constantly confronted with things that you're, you do not know and you would have not had a chance to be prepared to know maybe, or maybe you did, but, but any, nevertheless, you, you, you can find yourself in an area, whether it's a technical uh, uh, aspect or whether it's something associated with a business model that you haven't found or, or just a situation you have never experienced before in terms of interpersonal relationships, whatever. So you, you need to deal with new things uh, very often. And then... I would also uh, call as the last, the, the the last of the three challenges that leaders need to to overcome regularly, is the um, the, the the business priorities that are sometimes difficult to implement, and that frequently represent a challenge for leaders to uh, execute in a in a truthful, honest, compassionate way. And sometimes the business is moving very quickly. The business priorities move very fast. Sometimes you don't, uh, you feel that you don't have enough time to explain <clears throat> or, uh, or you, for whatever reason, are not 
um, allowed to explain people all the details of why it's something is happening or something will happen. Nevertheless, uh, that doesn't mean that as a leader, you shouldn't be acting in a fair and compassionate way in any ways, but you know, just the fast pace of things sometimes come um, in the middle of that process. And as we were saying, not, not all of the times um, uh, execution happens the best way possible and not times, all, all of the times communication happens the best way possible. And not all of the times the the areas that get to be prioritized are uh, the ones that should have. Uh, but but you do your best at any time, right? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> that's that's this is how it should be. And only three challenges is still good. <laughs> Just here, I know those are, those are the three are, main challenges. Yeah, yeah, there are many, but those three are are I think uh, you know, just communication. Uh, prioritization, fast speed of change, and the the unknown is is something that's always present. Well, let's let's dig in those three challenges then. You know, and uh, I'm curious on how you deal with those. And let's start with uh, the last one that, you, as you mentioned, the business priorities, and that sometimes take over everything else. And probably you forget about your team and, and everything else. And you might create, but well, some companies actually are built on a culture where business, 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 business is important, customers first and everything else. And when you, let's say Amazon, Amazon probably is the, the greatest example of it, right? It's so customer center and it's successful in this way. But on the other side, employees, they know it when they join the company and there is a, a high turnover quite quite you know people stay in amazon for a couple of years and then they, they feel they need to change but it's still they join they know it so how do you deal with this how do you reconcile the business priority with everything else yeah i think the, the first uh part of the answer is that um you, if you're if you are part of a team and an organization that has a particular culture where some of these elements of the business dynamics are clearly stated about the approach to decision making the approach to communication the approach to um a prioritization if this is part of the culture of the company and the team it's easier to move along these changing priorities, right? And and in my experience, I cannot talk about Amazon because I don't, I haven't lived that community. Although, but in, in my experience, uh, we we were a a team that had a very inclusive uh, culture. We were a team that had a a, a strong bias towards having open conversations about our business priorities. And that made it easier for us to try to align the team towards those efforts. And I just say made it easier because sometimes the business priorities change because the environment was changing, the competition brought in new challenges and things. And, and that meant that sometimes we faced a changes in those priorities, probably in, in, in a way or time that we didn't expect. But, um, but I believe that the, uh, Specifically, I'm talking about the organization that I was directly involved with, and and the team that reported to me, and the people that I reported to. We um, we had a, a an openness to try to discuss and and help people explain and bring the reason why we were eventually changing direction and changing communication or making changes on whatever part of our program, uh, and that helped. That helped a lot, right? Um, it was still a, it was still something that was challenging to manage and 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 sometimes we changed frequently and sometimes the change was not um, always perfectly clear and sometimes we change in a direction and we learned that we had moved in the wrong direction that we kind of correct but i think the culture was would allowed us to be immersed in this shared protocol that allowed us to to try to um, help everybody understand and bring together in the direction that we're moving forward. Right, and you talk about change. So let, let's uh, linger here a little bit because as we discussed earlier, you know, changes are happening so fast, you know, and the revolutions that took hundreds of years first now happen on a time span of probably a few years. 
um, AI probably is the last disruptive technology in, in the business. And before that was the internet and before that was something else. And then, but it is like the moment, you know, since the, 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 the new revolution begin and another one begins, it's getting shorter, shorter, and shorter. And teams, organization, companies, even on a personal level, actually, we need to get ready for those changes. Even if we don't know what kind of tool, we don't know what's next. Okay, AI is here now, what's next? Quantum, maybe, we don't know, right? Um, so how do you deal with it when you are the leader of a team, when you have a company or a task in your company or in your, in your team? How do you make sure that the people working in your team can survive the changes without being stressed or uh, overwhelmed? Well, I, I, I would like to think that, um, that I was able to do what you just described. But in <laughs> all truthness, uh, if you ask somebody who was part of my team, they would probably say that, oh, no, no, no. I, we were always strained or, or it was hard to understand. So I, I can tell you what, what I tried to do. Uh, maybe you can talk or have a conversation similar to this with some other person from my team and they would probably say, oh, Rogelio did a lousy job at that or, or did a good job at that. But I, I think there, there were um, two, two aspects of it that, that, that at least I tried to do during uh, my work leading a team in, in that changing environment. Uh, the first one was um, having the responsibility of, of understanding and, and, and learning the changes that were happening and being um, dedicated enough to spend the time to understand what was changing, whether it was a change in the product, the way it worked, a change in our processes, how we needed to do something, how we collaborated internally, a change in the commercial terms of our program, which meant that we needed to uh, bring communication to our external partners, the responsibility to learn and understand the what was changing so that I was able to articulate and to properly represent this to the rest of the team and the rest of the people I needed to, to lead. Uh, that was part of it. Clearly, and so it was always um, there was always an opportunity and a need to continue to be on top of changes, new new commercial terms, new objectives, new processes, new product features and functionality, new competition um, elements. So uh, there was always a need to to understand and to research and to study, and I think that was very important part of of my my role as a leader. And then the second, I come back to the communication element, um, articulating the same messages to different people actually requires you to communicate differently with each of them. And let me give you an example. Uh, there was people in my team that reported to me that because of the way they, they were wired in their language communication, they used very few words. They actually preferred very clear crisp messages, very concrete, very concise, very short. And there were other team members that because of the same reasons, their preference was exactly the opposite. They preferred to be told the same message in a story and taking them by the hand and kind of letting them hear things in a, some sort of a logical explanation. And in order for me to be able to effectively communicate the same message to different people, I needed to as much as I could, understand what was their communication preference and then try to mirror that for, for increasing chances of success. So learning and adjusting the communication style, I think that was part of, of the, the, the approach to solving uh, that challenge. Yeah, and uh, um, I can imagine because of course coming, coming you, you work in a company, you work in Google, where there are people coming from all around the world, literally. So it's, you have to deal with, with, with different cultures, different, it's not just the language. Language, at the end of the day, you find the common language, normally English. <clears throat> but you need to, to find the, an effective way of communicating. 
Um, and, and, and that's not easy. I mean, I've been working in international environments and actually, you know, there's some is sensitive on, on some aspect. As you say, someone prefer like bottom lining, very short, direct. Others, you, know, you need to create a, a bigger narrative, a longer narrative to explain and, and involve. What is, and, and then basically what we showed now that you talk is how those three challenges are all interconnected. It's not just communication, it's not, it's not just changes, it's not, it's not just business priority. Everything, you know, moves and then they are intertwined and uh, making the job of a leader more interesting. I don't want to say more complicated or complex, more interesting, right? Uh, but not always things go as you plan, I guess. And oh, yeah. we have to face failures, you know, a challenge. It means that the outcome could be good or not. What is the greatest failure, if you want to tell us, of course, that you have dealt with or a failure? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you a failure. I, I, uh there's there's two angles to it and i i am i know some people i i particularly dislike when you ask someone to share a failure and then they kind of come up and spin it and they'll tell you something that is a wait a second successful exactly <laughs> so so now i'm going to tell you i'm going to describe first a failure as something that didn't happen the way you wanted or expected right so it didn't go the way you wanted it doesn't mean that it might not. It might have not been a, a catastrophic outcome. It might have not been something. But just let's say what what was something that didn't happen. And and in the context of what we were describing, um, uh, there was. I'll share with you two examples. One of them is is uh, is even a little bit funny, I would say, and the other one is is not as funny but equally important. The first one is um, when I uh, just. Uh, shortly after I moved to Australia um, and we were working with a portfolio of partners that were not um, that were not very uh, operationally uh, effective we we had one particular partner that stopped paying their bills so what happens when a partner stops paying the bills in the case of a product like the like Google Ads then you, you get to be suspended, which means that because the partner gets a suspension, the accounts that are managed, the customer accounts that are managed by that partner are suspended, right? So you suspend the partner, but you're suspending customers from the activity that they have on their advertising campaigns. Mm -hmm. And uh, and this, this, um, this particular uh, partner uh, had a, a fairly large number of accounts. And... I remember the that I was trying to solve that problem, which meant I was trying to get the partner to to pay or at least show goodwill towards uh, the process or the problem. And on the other side, I was also dealing with the collections team at Google, whose responsibility was to recover the 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 debt that was in arrears, right? And uh, interestingly. Um, one, my partner was in, in one of the countries in the region, Asia Pacific, and, and the collections team was based in another country in the region where, first of all, there was a big time zone difference. So by the time one of them were was arriving to the office, the other one was about to leave. So there was only about a, an hour for the two individuals to be working during the regular work hours. And then I remember being in a conference uh, like this, trying to come up to an agreement and I couldn't understand anything that both of them were saying. Like I, I was just not used to the accent of the people mm. that I was listening to. And I couldn't understand what one was telling the other. And I couldn't understand the reply of the other person. I, I was thinking, how am I going to actually be able to influence and solve this if I, I, I basically don't understand anything that's been said here? Um, so <laughs> needless to say, that situation was um, was like that for a few days, which damaged a a, a number of clients. And and then and the, and the clients, some of them might have paid, some of them not. I'm I'm sorry for the ones that were 
on time on their own payments because they were being suspended as a result of the partner not paying. And, and it, it actually stayed uh, like that for, for over a week, which was definitely bad. Right. And yeah. It, fine. So it definitely, and, and I, I, I had a huge, very excellent learning process there because the first call was a tragedy. Like the first call, I couldn't understand anything. And because of the time zone difference, I only had another chance to get people to talk to each other the, uh, until the following day at the same time, right? And then for the next day, I, I was ready and I was ready to prepare and I shared written statements with both of us. So so this time, at least I knew that we were discussing the same topics or opinions on everything and, and it, we got a little bit of progress, but we, we were short on time and we couldn't get a commitment from the partner to pay or the, or, or the, or the collections team to reestablish the service. So... It, it it didn't solve on the following day. It it, it went on for a, a few days, and it was definitely a learning process, uh, very painful uh, for the for the customers especially. So that was one case where it didn't went the way we wanted. Um, success would have been to get the partner to make a commitment to payment, the service established, and the customers not suffering. Right? It didn't happen like that. But um, as as we were saying, that this is the type of things that you. That you run into, and then another uh, example that actually is a bit closer to my heart in terms of of how important it was was about one particular situation that we're facing in one with one client that I I I made an opinion. I made a very direct, abrupt opinion to a person in my team who who I thought. Um, I never, I never thought that the way I was communicating about that topic was going to actually made and make an impact on her, right? And it was only two or three days later that that she actually had the courage to come back to me and 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 say that she had she was shocked by how hard or how let's say that how how bold or hard or decisive my my opinion about a problem had been, right? And and then I, I became aware, and we were talking about the self-awareness element. I, I became aware of, of how I was um, assuming that the, the other person would understand my intention or understand the, my communication style in a way that I thought was correct and, and how she, she was impacted in a very different way, right? And it actually, it actually made an, a big impact on her and uh, and I really uh, appreciated, and I really thank her for letting me know because had she, had she not come to me to tell me that that she was shocked about how I had expressed myself in that moment, I, I would have never thought it was okay. It was not okay. I, I would have never learned that it it was not okay uh, because I thought it was okay in the context of our relationship and everything. So uh, I just became very 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 aware of how um, even inadvertently you, you could affect other people even without the intention, right? So I, I became much more, uh, I would say, careful about making those type of bold statements that that sometimes uh, could have been uh, perceived as aggressive or, or very harsh to other people in the team, yeah. I you touch upon something that's, that's uh, very important when you talk about feedbacks, right? Because this lady came to you and gave you a feedback, you know, and the most important part is always to listen to the feedback and accept it. You know, being humble and open mind and take it in, you know, and just, you know, and then, then through the feedback, try to revisit what happened and see as you did what you can do to be more careful, as you just said. And I like that. I really appreciate that. This is, uh, this is, this is something that um, it's, it's some leaders, they don't like people. And they, they, they tell them, that, you know, this is wrong, or I have not appreciated this. They, they're just uh, kind of, oh, well, I'm never wrong. Do you know, so what what happened in that particular case is that when when I when we were having that spontaneous conversation, 
I all of a sudden realized that I was communicating with her as my peer, even as my friend. Mm-hmm. And she was receiving the communication as a communication coming to her from her leader. And, and that was a complete disalignment on what was going on, right? And when she brought that feedback to me, and I realized how important my communication style as a leader and how much impact it could have, right? It made me learn, it made me, in a, in a painful way, I would get to tell you, in, 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 in a way that I was not expecting how important that was, right? So I was used to being very close to my team. I was used to being very, um, you know, familiar, you could say, but then I realized that even if you have a very good relationship, you are still the leader. And what you say and the way you say it matters. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The way you say it and how you say it. Okay. Um, I, I want to go back to what you said earlier. We discussed a little bit how you have led people coming from these different countries. And I'm very um, intrigued by you know, this, this culture, culture of inclusion. Um, that you as a leader, as a servant leader, as you say at the beginning of this interview, you have to have, right, to integrate all those people. And I, I wonder if you can share with us how do you make sure that all the voices in a team are heard? How do you make sure that inclusion is a value in the team and that everyone is safe. Yes. Yeah, well, well, first of all, I gotta give credit to, in general, Google's culture of inclusion. And I gotta be, again, um, I gotta give credit to my leaders who always were supported and fostered. This is, I could, I would. I don't have to say it, but I'm saying it because it was true. I was very lucky to be part of a team where our leaders really, really um, um, put an effort to make sure that we had a, a, a culture of inclusion and, and appreciation of diversity. Um, but but how we made sure? I'll I'll tell you three things that we actually did. Very specific. Um, hmm. The first one is we learned just as a result of team conversations about how can we do this better, um, the first thing that we did is that we established a communication protocol in very, very practical. We said, okay, if, if what you need is not urgent, it's okay to send an email and expect a response in whatever, two, three days, maybe a little bit more. Right? Hmm. If what you are um, needing or the information you're needing is time sensitive, just go into the chat, the internal chat and and ping the person and ask what you need. And because not because this is more important or because it's less important, you will ping people when it's time sensitive, right? You're interrupting people because it's time sensitive. And then something very funny, we actually learned that the team didn't like when you were being very, uh, you know, didn't like the courtesy and the small talk on the chat. Like they said, oh, I hate it when someone tells, hey, hey, how are you? Hey, are you there? Are you there? Uh, yes, I'm here and I'm in the middle of something. So just ask me what you want, right? So we actually agreed that said, look, what we actually think is okay in the chat is forget the small talk, just ask the question, right? Do you know what's the situation with this contract? Is this contract ready? Yes or no? Did you understand who can help me solve this problem? Yes or no? Do you have the phone number of this person because I need to contact this person right away? Yes or no? So we we agreed on the communication protocol on how to communicate for things that were important but not urgent, for things that were urgent but maybe not important. Also, we agreed that, hey, look, and if you actually need something, just move your body, walk to my desk if we're in the office and ask me the question or call my phone. I'm actually going to call you if I need, because if I call you, it doesn't mean that it's something that is very important or not. It's just the high, the next level of, of time sensitiveness is that 
if you didn't sell my ping, I'm calling you because I really need to know this now. It doesn't mean that the world is ending. It's just, and if you're not available, it's okay to say, I'm in the middle of something, I'll call you back, right? So we, we agreed on this communication protocol. And then another thing that the, the next iteration was we, we also agreed on being explicit about the purpose of our discussions. This was something that was, I, somebody learned about this and was was actually very, uh, a great uh, um, suggestion for our team collaboration to say, hey, are we sharing information? Are we welcoming a discussion? Are we having a discussion? Are, or are we making a decision, right? Because depending on what we're doing, let's just approach that in that communication. If we're sharing information, we'll just be very quickly, we'll do this, we'll pretty much, it's gonna be one-way communication share. If we're having a discussion, it's okay to explore, it's okay to open lines of thinking, it's okay to have controversial points of view, it's, it's okay to argue or, or, or question because we're having a discussion. But if we need to make a decision, then we're also kind of closing in and making a decision. So this was very important because, and it was not only me, like it was not Rogelio was the one who said, we are making a decision today or we are exploring what we're doing. It was the rest, everybody in the team who was bringing topics to the team meetings, the agenda, who were saying, this is information sharing, this is a discussion, I expect you to participate, or this is a, a decision we're making and we're moving forward together, right? So. It, it this type of things really helped us communicate and articulate the things um, the, the way we we effectively kind of align for what we were needing to do. Mm -hmm. And when it was a discussion, this is the last part of the answer. Even uh, the video conferencing tools were very good because they would allow us to say how how much of the time I've been speaking versus how much of the time I've been listening, and just making sure that hey, raise your hand let other people talk. And then you would do a little bit of facilitating there just to make sure that everybody had a chance, right? Uh, in small team settings, you expect everybody to participate if there's a team discussion, right? If there's a team discussion, you at least in the Google culture, you expect people who are in the room to be part of the discussion. You don't, you, and, and, and that also helps because even if there are different personality styles and everything, even the, the most introvert and shy, if they're in a small team setting and that's a discussion going on, they know that they're not only uh, welcome, uh, there's an expectation that they, they will eventually uh, share their point of view at a certain point, right? So knowing that that's the way it goes, it, it actually helped. And then just uh, just counting with the team, understanding all those kind of rules, protocols, communication practices helped a lot. You just described what, uh, as a coach, I do with, when I work with teams. You know, basically the first step is always to make an agreement and it is it's all, it's all about designing the alliance between team members is how we're going to talk right and every team chooses their own way this way that you describe you know the, what is the, the kind of channels of communication depending on the, the urgency emergency or, or everything else the purpose stating the purpose of the communication every time and allowing that everyone has time to talk is is great i really i really appreciate this and uh it's hard i think it's very hard to create <clears throat> psychological safety in a team you know when everyone really feels safe to talk without yes. judgment from anyone else um, yes that that is absolutely true um that is the other element that's important for that uh participation right people need to know that they can participate in and and be part of that discussion whether their opinion is a supportive one is a, a conflictive one it's whatever it is right they, they, that's going to enrich um that is i think that is a team dynamic right it's it's initiated by the leader you as a leader need to again set the tone but the team when you get a team to really exercise that, then it's just a cycle that reinforces, right? So then all of a sudden, everybody knows that the team is like that. Mm -hmm. And even if there's one day when someone had a bad day or a bad morning and kind of is probably just losing their patience with someone else or something, in, you know, regularly, the team will follow this this way of behaving as a team that, that really encourages that. So yeah, good teams that build that sense of trust 
will reinforce that and will be very protective actually when something goes that in against that line everybody will sense that and will notice and will be very very quick to point that that something was not probably the right behavior was not probably the, um yeah the and last that's, part that's the, no, i'm sorry go ahead no 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 the, the last part of it and and where everything lands in that sense uh stefano is what i remember myself constantly thinking telling myself and and acting like this with the team to to assume good intentions when there was a miscommunication don't assume that that there was harm intended don't assume that there was any agenda just assume that there was a just honest mistake miscommunication assume good intentions if you and i remember i was constantly reminding myself about every time that something was not moving the way it wanted just having the right reaction or something i was constantly assuming my reminding myself assume good intentions don't assume that someone did this because of whatever other reason because then you're going to be angry you're going to be irritated you're probably react but if you assume good intentions what you will ask first is that why did you do that or why did you say that or what did you mean with that comment or or help me understand what was going on and yeah Fortunately, most of the time there was good intentions and, and therefore it was easy to rectify, right? Most of the times. And let me play on this, <laughs> on this nuance because most of the times means sometimes it was yeah. not, was not yeah. a honest mistake, yeah. right? It was uh, a clear intention of... Yeah damaging or how do you deal with that how do you spot that behavior and how do you deal with that um again i hope that if you ask this question to someone who was part of my team and the teams i lead <laughs> hopefully they will say that what i'm going to tell you is what what happened right but i'm going to tell you what i think i, I always try to do is look i think people especially in the i we were very lucky in particular in google to to have the the most talented professionals like uh people who's well prepared people who has amazing experience incredibly talented incredibly smart and therefore and and also everybody was an adult right there was no kids around we were not we were not everybody was professional in whatever they were doing so when something was not okay i think people deserves to know that that is not okay and mm -hmm. why is okay and what's the consequence and what are the the, the well, first of all what are the corrective actions and if mm -hmm. that doesn't happen what's the consequence like because it's a, it's a personal choice if you if if i ask going back to connecting with the previous conversation i say hey why did you say that i mean what what were you trying to accomplish with that comment which didn't sound right and then i hear oh yeah i did this because i didn't like this and i was very angry with this and this is my reaction and i didn't want to say okay well this is not okay. That was not okay. It, depending on the seriousness, then things would happen. But I think it all starts by telling if this, if it's, if it's actually something that is not okay, then it is not okay. And then people deserves you as a leader, as a manager. In that moment, you kind of change hearts and then you become a manager and say, hey, it is also my job as a manager to tell you that this is not okay. And this is how it goes, right? And, and people appreciate that because that also brings clarity and not everybody as we were saying not, feedback is not always immediately welcome and it's sometimes received in a defensive way or whatever but uh, at, at least i always thought even even at the expense of sometimes getting you in 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 more conflict that people deserves to know when something is not okay and and it's not a nice thing from managers to just pass along things that are not okay to let everybody else, someone else deal with it, right? Uh, it's not that I was kind of volunteering to fix problems and be a, a kind of, you know, the person who's taking that role all of a sudden, but if something happened within my team, within my business responsibility, then at uh, that moment, then those are, the, those, those are the, the short periods of time when it's your job to be a manager, right? Yeah, and that's a, that's the hard part when you have to deal with mistakes and, and and talk to people. But you know, as you say, being honest and clear and direct pays off. You don't need to be upset. 
you know, need yeah. to, to say things in an upset way because, as you say, you know, especially when you work with professionals, with adults, yeah. they know <laughs> they're already, they already thinking about the mistake. They're already regretting the mistake. They're like, oh my gosh, what did I do? And I recognize it's not easy. It's not easy for people to listen when they were being called out on something that was wrong. And it's also sometimes you, as a manager, you're also emotionally affected. Like you, yeah. something, something that the other person has done that was not okay could have, uh, could have had an impact on on your team, on your team's results, on your reputation. There, there's a lot that can happen. So sometimes, it, it, in in other words, it's easier said than done. Like keeping your cool, <laughs> like everything. Yeah, like everything. You know, even even when I, we 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 talk about leadership, when I talk about leadership, and I give advices, and, and I I comment something, my 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 thought is, oh, so easy to write this. And but at the end of the day, when you are under pressure, stress urgency people that are, have expectations and they they have problems and then someone is uh, probably yelling at you or whatever well that's when the real leader comes out you know when he's able but there are a few and then it's very very difficult and it needs practice because i like to say yeah. that you know you, you you don't need to be uh born as a leader, you but you can be a leader. You can learn how to be a leader. Yeah, de definitely. Experience is something that helps a lot, right? And oh. and uh, I, I I can tell you that many times I probably didn't react the best way possible, but um, that doesn't mean that I was not trying at that. At, or maybe I found myself often coming back and apologizing because of maybe not having the right reaction, but but the right thing to do and what I always tried to do, even if I was not really executing at excellence, was to um, be compassionate, be honest, be um, effective in the sense that just dealing with the problem, not with the person, dealing with whatever was what needed to be done is the best way to go, right? And uh, yeah, and again, easier said than done. And I know that there must have been many times when I didn't actually do as I'm saying, but I can tell you that there were also, uh, I think enough times where where I was able to, to, to be a leader and be a manager in the right balance as it's needed. And, and I really enjoy that because um, one thing that I truly believe is that, and something that I truly enjoy is that both in sports and in business, uh, great teams accomplish amazing things together. Right? Great teams accomplish amazing things together. And that's what, as a, as, a, as a team leader, as a leader, that's something that I've always tried to, to go for, is to set a big goal and get a team that accomplish amazing things together. And, and that's really, really rewarding. Yeah, it is. It is rewarding. And you say something that was, it made me think about my, my past. You know, it's not easy to apologize. It's not easy to, to, but every time you do, the people look at you, the people look at you and say, oh, yes, of course. Yes. I, and they welcome your vulnerabilities and they welcome your honesty and they welcome your self-critic and self-compassion. You, as a leader, made a mistake and apologizing if you know, someone has been involved in this mistake is such a powerful and yet difficult tool yeah. because you go there and say, I am not perfect, I'm human, I made a mistake, and I'm sorry about that. It's so, so... It's very hard to do, but on the other side, oh, your team yeah. is always, always watching you, and they actually realize all the mistakes that you make all of the time. <laughs> so, oh yeah, so they do. They, do. They, are, they are more aware of all the mistakes that you make of, than yourself, right? So they actually observe you, they see you, and they 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 know you better than you know yourself in that fashion. So uh, when you become aware of something, and then as you say, you you have the courage to come and apologize for something that you should apologize. Um, yeah, and one of the things I've hated in my career when when something happened and leaders they they refuse to accept, understand the mistake was theirs.
and actually they start playing the blame game, trying to, sh to put the shame on someone else and find a victim of this action or because you didn't tell me that or you forget. Oh my gosh, it's, it's so terrible. So, so it's heartening and then and, and you, you lose the motivation and everything. And, and we all know when that happens, I mean, the, 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 whether it's said or not, but the act, the reputation of the leader, the image of that person to the people who follow them, it just gets um, affected, right? It gets. Yeah. Important. All right, Rogelio, um, time is, is, uh, is, is passing is faster than I thought, apparently. Um, and we have a space for uh, a last question that is, you know, let's say that someone comes to you and say, Rogelio, I, I want to be a good leader. I want to be actually a great leader. Can you give me a suggestion? Can you give me what to do, how to do it? What, what is the suggestion you would give to this person? Uh, in line with what we've been discussing, Stefano, my suggestion would be to, to spend the time needed to learn what needs to be communicated to the people who follows you, and then try your best to communicate that effectively. It's those two parts. Uh, first, prepare yourself, study, research, learn, be, be ready to, to understand what needs to be communicated. And then do your best to, to try to communicate that in the most effective way. And that means trying to understand who's your audience. If you're talking to a, a small team or you're talking to a large group of people, how did you effectively communicate that? Um, what's the communication channels? What's the communication right. style? And, and really do not underestimate the importance of those two parts, which is just knowing exactly what needs to be communicated and then um, and then really finding the best way to do that. Right? As a matter of fact, we'll, this is so important, Stephen, I'm just going to go back and sorry that I'm taking a little bit longer, but some of the best meetings that we had with my team in preparation with a meeting with an external partner, we actually did discuss those two things. We were going to be meeting with a partner. We were going to have the privilege of their attention for an hour or so. What do we need to tell them? What do we need to communicate? And then how do we communicate that? And we spent a fair amount of time as a team discussing those two elements. And that's how we prepared for those meetings. All right. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much for having shared with us your experience, you know, and your, your ideas and whatever you have built as a leader, as beliefs of a leader, as, you know, skills and challenges. It's been a great discussion. And uh, once again, thank you for having been with us, Rogelio. Thank you so much for the invitation, Stefan. I enjoyed our conversation. Oh, no.